Lillian Vasquez, and this is Inland Edition. We have a full show today. In the second half of the show, we'll speak with Deneen Tor from Dollar General Literacy Foundation. She shares how and why the foundation has helped more than a million people change their lives for the better by learning to read and furthering their education. Our first guest is Congressman Pete Aguilar from the 31st Congressional District. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Elian. What a joy. Okay, so you are a real Inland Empire guy. Grown up here, done everything here in the Inland Empire, born in Fontana, spent time in San Bernardino growing up, went to school in Yucaipa, went to school in Redlands, lived in Redlands, and a former mayor of Redlands. So now you represent us in Washington, and you take the Inland Empire with you, and we're so grateful. And recently, in the last year, you were able to secure funding for our region, some nonprofits, some cities, and KVCR being one of the benefactors. But it's the community project funding. And I want to know a little bit about that and then talk about the 10 that you were able to secure funding for. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Leanne. Like you highlighted, the community funding projects is something uh, that Congress really feels strongly about. We wanted to make sure that we put into real terms for members of our community exactly what was included in the federal budget. It's a $1.5 trillion budget. It's a lot of money we spend for our national defense and for so many worthy things. But we also know as members of Congress that we know our communities best. And so we wanted specific projects in our community that would get help and support. And there are so many worthy things here in the Inland Empire that we wanted to highlight. Uh, So this year we were able to pass the budget and it includes 10 projects, uh, over $7 million directly coming to the Inland Empire. And I'm incredibly uh, proud to talk about them. All right, well, let's begin with some of the nonprofits. The first one up is the Children's Fund. Tell me about that. Yeah, the Children's Fund is just an amazing organization that has existed for decades that is really providing critical services uh, to our youth, making sure that they are connected to services uh, around the region, around the community, from each and every corner. But just understanding that Victorville is different than Rancho Cucamonga and it's different than Colton and Yucaipa, that's just so important. And so $100,000 for mental services and access to caseworkers uh, to ensure that young people have the mental health services that they, that they need in this post-COVID environment. And they're an organization that have been around for a very long time. Tell me about the project for Habitat for Humanity in San Bernardino. Habitat for Humanity, uh, and selfishly, I was on the board of directors for, for Habitat for a number of years here in the San Bernardino area. Building homes, as we all know uh, from Jimmy Carter highlighting this, you know, decades ago, uh, building homes uh, by ensuring that people had a hand up and not a handout. Mm. Individuals pay for their entire mortgage. Uh, They just do so at a 0% interest rate, which is something that we're all envious (laughs) of. But these are this is affordable housing for the region. So specifically, this is $800,000 dedicated toward veterans' homes here in the Inland Empire. So three veterans' homes uh, that will be built as a result of this funding uh, here in San Bernardino. So veterans are not forgotten, and they have access to affordable housing. Yeah, I love Habitat for Humanity. I've been out with a hard hat pounding nails in the past, so Let's I'm, do a, it. I'm, I'm a big firm I'll meet, believer. I'll meet you back out again. All right. I love putting on my boots. Okay. Tell me about Mary Mercy's Center. 
Yeah, Mary's Mercy Center uh, is located uh, here in San Bernardino and just providing uh, critical services to individuals, uh, men and women, who need additional help and services, transitional housing, access to workforce development, Mm -hmm. access to jobs and employment. Oftentimes, these are individuals who have had tough times, uh, specifically uh, women who have been through a lot. So making sure that they continue to have the resources. So uh, this has $300,000 included to help them carry on their mission uh, to help people in the region. Nice. SAC Health System, what is that and what are they doing? Yeah, SAC Health Systems is coordinated through the Loma Linda University Health Center. Mm -hmm. And so making sure that the individuals have access, and they do such an amazing job uh, serving low access, uh, underserved communities. Uh, But one of the things that they were lacking was getting out into the community. And so this would help provide a mobile center uh, to help get them and the services that they provide, again, to the most at-risk Inland Empire residents, making sure that they can go directly to residents and provide services where they're most needed. Right. And that's definitely hitting a a special population that is probably not able to get into, may not have transportation. This opens up that opportunity for the mobile vehicle to go to them. Absolutely. $375,000 to help them carry on their mission. Nice. All right. Well, let's talk about some of the cities that have benefited from the community (laughs) project funding. Let me begin with Rancho Cucamonga. What went on there? What's planned for Rancho? Yeah, the project with Rancho is is really just an amazing uh, asset, and it's going to be building uh, the second story of the library center. So they oh. call it a second story and beyond project, but it's going to be a STEM-based, hands-on learning environment for young people. And it's going to be open to, to individuals, not just in Rancho Cucamonga, but around the region. Now, the Inland Empire, we don't have some of those, you know, children's museums and some of those, you know, real activities that some of our neighboring regions have right. uh, in the desert and in Orange County and L.A. So making sure that young people have a real hands-on learning experience is something that I feel passionate about. And this will be conveniently located uh, right at the Victoria Gardens oh. a library that the, that the city has. So uh, access and connectivity to the region uh, in a strategic area is makes a lot of sense. So this was a million dollars uh, to help them deliver that. And they're going to be breaking ground pretty soon here on this project, and we'll deliver it quickly. Oh, that's wonderful. Let me reintroduce our guest is Congressman Pete Aguilar. All right, tell me my hometown. I grew up in the city of Rialto. What's going on for the city of Rialto? The city of Rialto has been a leader across the nation in body-worn cameras for law enforcement. Uh, They were one of the first uh, in the nation to develop body-worn cameras. This reduces liability for the city, but it also adds a layer of accountability and transparency so the community knows uh, that our law enforcement officers are doing the right thing. And so uh, this is $700,000 to help them move forward with the next 2.0 of body (laughs) cameras, making sure that they continue to provide the services, putting the information in the cloud, and making sure that the infrastructure is still there. Uh, So you have more access, not just a single viewpoint as well, but you have access in the police vehicle, uh, front and back, uh, as well as to see what the officer is seeing in more of the periphery. So their their body cameras, <laughs> are the officers wearing it do you know how they're wearing it? Or yeah, so, they... so usually over their shoulder. Sometimes it's been uh, kind of displayed like on their chest in the past. This would be over the shoulder, so it would have a little bit more. It would move with the officer, uh-huh. but also within the police vehicles. Uh, right now, sometimes you get that grainy footage, right, looking out the windshield. Right. But you don't always see what's happening behind you or what's happening if someone uh, is, is in the vehicle. And so making sure that you have that access and that viewpoint uh, is something that law enforcement individuals uh, have wanted. And so this would help 
help bridge that. Uh, so $700,000 to help them complete uh, the next generation of their body-worn cameras. So kind of a full all the way around. They have exactly. a, a more eyes, I guess, on the whole situation scenario. Exactly. All right. Tell me about the city of Redlands. What's going on there? The city of Redlands came forward with a request for their outdated emergency operations center. So $712,000 that will help them uh, really, you know, rehabilitate, upgrade their infrastructure and make sure because the emergency operations center is co-located with their call center, uh, making sure that everyone is talking and make sure that they have the access uh, to the infrastructure that's needed in case we have a disaster or a single event that they have everyone coordinated and that they have the right resources at the right place. Excellent. Again, for emergency purposes. Tell me about Upland. Upland uh, came forward with a request uh, for a million dollars for their downtown. Uh, when we think of Upland, we think of just such a, a lovely, you know, community, but but a little bit of a bedroom community. And what people often overlook is that they have just this historic and vibrant downtown. And the plans that they have for downtown are are changing and you have new shops, new restaurants, new stores going in. They really wanted to help anchor that around a centerpiece. Uh, so oh. the Pacific Electric Trail runs right through. Yes. And so having a little park right next door and a little plaza where they can have community art displayed and have holiday events um, right downtown to draw people uh, so you can enhance that economic opportunity is something that they came forward. They have a plan and a vision and, and great city leaders in order to implement it. And so we were pleased to be able to deliver a million dollars for their efforts. That's nice. I remember as a young girl growing up in high school, we would go to Upland because they had such a beautiful downtown and it was, you know, cool shops and good restaurants. And so I'm pleased to hear about that. All right, let's talk about or tell me about the San Bernardino International Airport. What's plans for there? We do you know they're going to start flying passengers out of there in August? So that's really exciting. What will yeah. this money do? Well, one of the things that, that any airport needs is runway maintenance. Yeah. And the federal government plays a role. The FAA does ongoing grants for runway maintenance. But we also feel, I feel deeply that because this used to be Norton Air Force Base, mm -hmm. that was closed by the federal government, jobs and opportunities fled when that happened, uh, that we have a special obligation to make sure that we're delivering resources to support the economic development of the airport. And like you said, passenger activity coming later this summer, we have lots of activity happening. Uh, Amazon and others, you know, really flying goods and products into right. this region. So this is a, an additional million dollars for runway improvement. So we don't have to come out of our own pockets here locally to fund this and to make sure that this asset stays in the community. So this will be a million dollars to help ensure that that runway is safe and to make sure that we have access and that all this economic development and activity can continue. Oh, terrific. I know it's pretty exciting over there at San Bernardino to, again, growing up in this area to see uh, more going on there. I did interview someone from the San Bernardino airport, and they're so excited to finally have passengers flying from here to San Francisco on a daily basis. So that's a big, that's a big thing. It's a big deal. Our guest is Congressman Pete Aguilar. All right, I saved the best, or the, I don't know if it's the best, but I saved KVCR for last. Share with me the funding for KVCR. Yeah, just very pleased to be able to, to partner with the community and to deliver a million dollars for KVCR. Just an amazing community asset that we have, both radio and television, and the work that's done uh, on the marketing side, you know, as well, and to highlight and uplift the stories of the Inland Empire. And we don't see that when we turn on the television in other places. 
and uh, I'm not complaining, but we're often in the shadows of, of some of our uh, neighbor, neighboring <laughs> neighboring communities. And that happens not just uh, in the airwaves, but also when it comes to resource allocation. And mm-hmm. so that means, you know, I have to fight, you know, harder uh, to deliver resources to this region. And so I was pleased to be able to work uh, with the chancellor and, and the board of trustees uh, here at the community college and to make sure that we secured a million dollars uh, to help Uh, support local journalism, make sure that this public broadcasting asset continues, Mm. and ensure that students had access uh, and pathways to careers that also can benefit from this. So just incredibly pleased at the the work and the collaboration uh, that everyone is doing. And I'm a little selfish here too. This is something that's just an important priority for me in making sure that we have uh, good public broadcasting in the region. Well, I'm glad you're a little selfish on on our behalf. I will say, since we've had the students in and they are working on projects, and I've had one intern uh, guest on Lifestyles, and we've had students editing, and when they see their finished product, when they see their names in the credits, I know it's a boost to them, and they're learning the skills. And I've worked with some of the interns and said, okay, take this back. we got to try this again. I need this part, add this. And they listen with intent. You can just see their eagerness on their face to take instruction, produce that, and come out with a finished product. So it's been a great opportunity for all of us here at KVCR. So thank you so much. I'm glad to hear that. Now I want to ask, moving forward, the community project funding, was it a one-time thing? Is it possible that it's coming back? And if those that are listening, how would they know how to partake in it? It's a great question. For 12 years, Congress basically gave away our authority to do this. Uh, We had done this for a number of years. And because there were a couple of bad actors, um, Mm -hmm. it went away. But thankfully, we added some some guardrails. We added some accountability. So now we can advocate for projects uh, within our region. We did these 10. And because of the success of this, uh, we're now able to offer and propose 15 projects. So that's what we're working toward right now. Those projects will go through the Appropriations Committee that I serve on. And once we can pass a federal budget, uh, which we hope will be later this year, we can secure those projects and that funding back to the Inland Empire. And so I look forward to announcing and rolling those those out, 15 community projects from all corners of, of the Inland Empire here, uh, making sure that we secure safe drinking water, making sure that we have good transit opportunities, connectivity between the regions. Our local higher educational institutions have projects as well. So those are things that are important to the region, and I look forward to to delivering them. But specifically, nonprofits and cities uh, are part of our grants process, um, and so they have raised their hand and they have submitted these projects Mm. to us. It's a competitive process. Okay. Do they have to have an invitation? No, they don't have to have an invitation. But again, it is uh, nonprofits and and municipalities, uh, public entities, and so no for-profit entities uh, can apply. Uh, they applied through a portal within our, our website and worked with our team. Uh, we vetted these projects. Uh, we made sure that they were possible uh, to be included. And then we picked the, the 15 uh, that made the most sense uh, for now. And so building off of this, we hope that this continues. Uh-huh. Um, Congress needs to take back the power of the purse and to make sure that we're delivering for our regions. And that means that projects like this need to go forward. So I look forward to working with my colleagues and community organizations to secure this vital funding. Over $30 million we're asking for uh, this year, and I look forward to delivering. Wow. We are so grateful you're sitting in that seat and the one in Washington, D.C. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Lillian. Pete Aguilar represents the 31st Congressional District of California in the U.S. House of Representatives. He sat down with me in the KVCR studio while on a recent visit from Washington. 
This is Inland Edition. I'm Lillian Vasquez. Joining me now is Deneen Tor. She's the Executive Director of Dollar General Literacy Foundation. Welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's lovely to be here. Many of us here in our region have seen Dollar General stores, but until recently, I had no idea they had a foundation. So tell me about the foundation and the family who started it and the reason for establishing it. We're grateful to be a part of the community there. And the Dollar General Literacy Foundation has actually been around for 29 years. Next year, we'll be celebrating our 30th anniversary. And the foundation itself was started by the founding family of Dollar General. The co-founder of Dollar General was functionally illiterate with a third grade education. He had to drop out of school when his father passed away unexpectedly. Being the oldest son in the family, he had to take care of the family, take care of the farm. He never had the opportunity to go back and to finish his education. He struggled with literacy. But despite that, he went on to create what is recognized today as a Fortune 100 company. So in his honor and in his legacy, we started the Dollar General Literacy Foundation 29 years ago. And so we've been out extending hope and help to individuals across the United States, helping them learn to read, receive their high school equivalency, or learn English. Everybody from youth to adults. All right. We'll talk about some of the different programs and the things that you have funded in just a minute. I want to talk a little bit more in the family. Did they actually start a general store in their area and that's where this built from or how did it come about? It just started from the J.L. Turner and Son family store at the end of the Great Depression. And they saw so many of their neighbors having to go without the basics in life. They didn't want to see that happen. They wanted to create a solution and create an opportunity for everybody to have their basic needs met and not have to go without. And so that's how the company got its start and evolved into what is now Dollar General. And that is definitely at the heart and core of the philanthropic mission of the Dollar General Literacy Foundation is making sure that everybody has that pathway to success, that access to opportunity, which comes with education. Where did the stores begin or where did the first one begin? In Kentucky is where our first store was. And then now you can find us all across the United States. We're in 47 states. Well, you're definitely here in California and specifically here in Southern California. But I want you to tell me some of the programs, the projects that your foundation chooses to fund and who's eligible for applying for funding. The Dollar General Literacy Foundation offers support to nonprofit organizations, schools, libraries, groups that are leaning in and providing help and hope through basic literacy and basic education services. So we are helping individuals learn to read, prepare for the high school equivalency, learn English. And we don't care if you are a youth or an adult, or like I like to say, from the twinkle to the wrinkle, we have programs that we fund all across the United States that meet you where you are when you're ready to learn and just help you create that pathway to educational success. And would you mind giving some examples of maybe past people that have received grants? Um, so it's organizations or it's libraries or literacy programs is what I heard you say. Can you give me some examples of some of the things that have been funded through the foundation? We have funded grassroots programs, you know, to the big national partners. We have a little bit of everything. So we fund programs in our hometown communities, schools and libraries and nonprofit organizations, all the way up to things like the Ad Council and the National Literacy Directory and the American Libraries Association. Reading is fundamental. A lot of the really big, beautiful organizations that are out there doing phenomenal work in our hometowns every single day. And we'd love to hear from more of organizations that are doing great work in this space. And they can visit the Dollar General Literacy Foundation.org website and see how they can apply for grants in their hometown community because we'd love to lean in and do that. And we support adult literacy family literacy, youth, and summer reading programs. So we have a little bit of everything to lean in and, and offer hope. 
do the programs are that you you apply in January and you get them in March, or are they offered all year round? How are the parameters and the deadlines for such? And does it vary from state to state? And of course, I'm talking here about Southern California. How does that go? So we have two different deadlines every year, just because the volume is so high. And as you know, right now, with educational disruption, more people are looking for support and needing that aid and needing that funding. So the numbers are pretty significant on the grant applicants. That's always a nice problem to have because that means there's more people you can help and serve. All of our grants open up in January for our adult family and summer. And then we also have a deadline in May that we just had. We'll announce some more in September. Then we do a lot of regional and national partnerships throughout the other months of the year as well. So we year round are doing something to provide support and provide services to individuals across the nation. Our guest is Deneen Tour. She's the executive director of Dollar General Literacy Foundation. Now, when you have particular partners that you've funded, give me an example of some of the specifics that you have funded over the years since you've been doing this for 29 years. We have so many amazing educators out there that are doing just great work to uplift our students. And so it's hard to just start from one and pick, but I tell you what, talking about the Ad Council and the great work that we've done there. That has been something that has just had a tremendous impact. We've been partnering on the finishyourdiploma.org campaign for a decade now. It's been out there. And what we realized is we went out and we talked to adult learners across the nation. And we said, what is the biggest barrier in going back and just receiving your high school diploma and continuing that education? And what we found is they simply didn't know where to go for help. And so we said, you know what, we got this. So we partnered with a couple of organizations, nonprofit organizations, helped fund and create the National Literacy Directory. So we'd have that pipeline, we'd have the information available for the adult learners. And then we partnered with the Ad Council to create finishyourdiploma.org. So then they'd have a place to go so they can find that information and so that they could take that first step. So that barrier was removed. And we're so grateful and we're so thankful that at this point, we've helped more than 1.8 million individuals get referrals in their hometown communities. And that's pretty exciting. So I want to talk about the Ad Council, but are teachers like, are they allowed to apply for something like maybe that's in their classroom or librarians needing books. So that's what I'm trying to get you to kind of break it down for me so that our listeners might say, oh, wait a minute, I didn't know. Maybe that's something I can look in for for my kiddos or for the adults. A lot of the programs the Literacy Foundation funds are programs that are in the classroom. So let's say a local school or even a district wants to implement a new literacy program. They need new workbooks. They need professional development and training for the teachers. They need resources for the children. They need tutor training so that they can have that intensity of instruction beyond the school hours. So we're helping fund all of that. We're helping fund um, resources that help increase the quality of education, professional development, access to materials, Also, making sure that services are available at times when students need them. And we've even funded some things to help inspire and spur innovation in education so that we can take down some of those barriers on the adult education front to being able to attend classes and helping them have quality educational instruction and blended learning models. And that's been very successful. We do everything from helping you find out where to go to helping meet the basic needs of the programs. So whether it's a school, whether it is a nonprofit, a boys and girls club, whether it's a library, or whether it is a huge national partner like Reading is Fundamental or the American Libraries Association or Save the Children. We're going into rural communities. We're going into urban communities. We're going to suburban communities. And we're saying, how can 
we lean in and provide this critical resource and join and be a partner in creating solutions and pathways. All right, got it. You're in partnership with the Ad Council. The Dollar General Literacy Foundation has produced a public service announcement titled, When You Graduate, They Graduate. It's an effort to promote adults to complete their high school diploma. Tell me a little bit about it. In the United States, there's 34 million adults who do not have their high school diploma. And for whatever reason, you know, we don't all have the same journey in life. We don't go through the same path. So it's not about what could have been or should have been, but what can be. And when we help open the doorways to opportunities, great things happen. And education is one of the great equalizers that's out there. So we joined with the Ad Council to say, how do we help individuals who are considering going back to get their high school diploma have the information they need and the courage to take that first? step. So we created the finisherdiploma.org. We created this when you graduate, they graduate that features real students who walk that path, who took the time to study, to earn their high school diploma, and who celebrated their graduation and their beautiful moment with their family. This is their family members. These are real students who have walked this and who've done great things. And we hope this ad inspires others to take that journey as well and take that first step. Okay, so let's listen to a bit of the PSA. Dear moms and dads, we know it's not always been easy, and it's been a lot of hard work. What you have achieved here today is going to help us and our futures. It is why we are coming up on stage to collect your diplomas. Visit finishyourdiploma.org to find free and supportive adult education centers near you. Okay, so it's a very clever, thought-provoking PSA. Do you have the opportunity to talk to the adults that benefited or or some of the um, organizations that you hear from that have said, you know, thanks to you guys, this happened? Do you hear some feedback? You did mention that those are not actors. Those are real graduates. Tell me about that. Those are not actors. Those are real graduates and amazing stories. And we had the opportunity to sit down and talk to them, talk to them about their journey, their pathway through the programs that we funded to the referrals that have been made to the graduation stage. And when you see all of that happen and come together, not only does it increase employability and it increases opportunities if you want to go into higher education, but more importantly, what we see happen is it starts changing the dialogue around the dinner table. And it has a ripple effect on the family and on the friends and everybody around them starts feeling a little bit of hope and feeling like, man, I can do this. And I'm so proud of you. And this is a beautiful moment. And I'm glad that I'm getting to share it with you. Just a lovely way for everybody to come together. So when you graduate, they graduate. It's about the whole family and all your friends coming together and celebrating. You mentioned it earlier in your answer, and you said sometimes as as bare bones as finding where to go. So tell me, what is finishyourdiploma.org? On finishyourdiploma.org, all you have to do is go out and visit finishyourdiploma.org. 
put in your zip code and you'll find a program in your hometown community that can provide you with adult basic education services, high school equivalency prep classes for free. So you know where to go. You get the services by lovely organization in your hometown community. And you take that first step to experiencing your success and getting your diploma. So two key things I heard there is one, Sometimes we don't know where to start. We don't know where to go. That gets them started on where to go. And the other is it's free. I'm sure many families don't know that's a place to start, but we probably think I'd like to, but I don't really know where to go. And this gets it going. Absolutely. There's no reason you not not start, right? Let's go do it. All you got to do is go to finishyourdiploma.org, put your zip code in and find that program in your hometown community. Terrific. Thank you so much for your time. It was great learning about it. And I'll think a little differently when I drive by the stores in the future, like, oh, they have a foundation and it's all about literacy. Oh, well, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Deneen Tor is Executive Director at the Dollar General Literacy Foundation. You can find literacy help online at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. We'll include a link when we post today's episode on the Inland Edition program page. again next week for Inland Edition, Wednesday at 2 p.m. and 6.30, right here on KVCR. To hear this episode and past shows, visit our website at kvcrnews.org slash Inland Edition. You can also listen to Inland Edition on your favorite streaming service. Inland Edition is a production of KVCR News. Support for this production, including writing and editing, comes from Rick Dulock, Sharina Wad, and David Fleming. And we get technical website and social media support from Tim Steidel, Sean Houlihan, and Natasha Coles. I'm Lillian Vasquez. Thanks for listening, and bye for now. <laughs>